Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back in. It is The Big Show. Hans Olsen is filling in for Jake Scott today. Austin back in the studio. Hans, appreciate you doing that. What do you got over there? Well, we want you to join The Big Show Tuesday, July 9th from 3 to 6 as Andrew Reinert from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. All right. Uh, Grant Hughes will be joining us momentarily from the Bleacher Report. He is an NBA writer, and there's lots to talk to him about, Hans. And, you know, among them, what the Jazz have done and what they've been able to accomplish. I have not seen very many detractors. It seems like most of the guys from around the league really like what the Jazz have done. Well, it's funny because every time there was a detractor, there was an answer. I was really upset to see Derek Favors go, and I thought, wow, that toughness of Crowder and Favors and the defensive effort, and 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 then they signed Ed Davis. And, and I'm not saying that Ed Davis supplants Derek Favors or can do anything in the role that like, like Favors can do, but I do think he brings a nastiness and a toughness and, and a reserve role that the Jazz needed. So it was funny because every time there was a question – the Jazz would answer it through some type of movement of free agency. All right, we'll talk more about it, but let's get out to Grant Hughes, a Bleacher Report. Uh, Grant, how the heck are you? Welcome to the Big Show. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm uh, trying to refresh Twitter and see the five signings that happen every 10 seconds, even on uh, even though we're past the real uh, uh, whirlwind of that first day. Yeah, the action is continuing Grant, uh, I guess let's start with the Jazz. I mean, they they go they trade for Mike Conley, and then they end up with Bogdanovich and Ed Davis. What did you think of the moves that they've made? I think, uh, I mean, just as a blanket statement, I think I like really the whole offseason for them. Um, you know, it was clear to me and, and really everybody during the postseason last year that, you know, they're just hurting for shot creation or shot making, really, because there were a lot of stats out there showing that the quality of shots that the Jazz generated in the postseason were among the best in terms of open threes and just quality looks, and they didn't make them. So they added, you know, in Conley, a guy who certainly is going to make more shots than Ricky Rubio did and, and do some other things at a higher level, too. Bogdanovich is a knockdown shooter, especially as a catch-and-shoot guy that can that can also do some stuff with the ball in his hands, too. So... You throw Davis in there as a, a really good backup center. I think, you know, they really they really did sort of set themselves up to do more playoff damage. Um, and maybe that means, like, say, defensively, they take a step back during the regular season. But but now I think, correctly, this is a team that's trying to advance deep in the playoffs, and they're, and they're better positioned to do that. We were just going through some of the Vegas handicapping and Vegas has them 22 to one to win the championship. And they're down at number 11, as far as those handicapping odds, where would you put the jazz now in the hierarchy of, of NBA powerhouses? Well, I mean, I start by saying that Vegas always hates the jazz. It's just that there's never, I can't remember the last time I felt like Utah got a fair shake in terms of the odds, which really are never fair. Cause you're going to have your Lakers inflated odds and, you know, if the Knicks are half decent, they get good odds. It's just a big market thing. But I think to me, uh, you know, the West is more wide open, obviously, than it's been forever, at least the last half decade since the Warriors have kind of come undone. I think Utah is there with, you know, off the top of my head, Houston, I think, has to be considered still. Um, the Jazz are there. 
I, I mean, tell me where Kawhi Leonard signs, if it's either of the L.A. teams and they're up there too. Um, but, yeah, I like them better than, say, your Portland's or your, your Oklahoma City's or, or, you know, they're right there with Denver, maybe better than Denver. Um, they're definitely in that upper tier. It's just a question of what really what Kawhi Leonard's going to do because that could change almost everything. You know, you mentioned this already, Grant, but Mike Conley, he can shoot it. He can create shots. He's, he can, he's really good on the catch and shoot. He's good from the mid-range. Uh, how about his defense? Uh, is he still at 31 able to uh, cover the elite point guards in the league? I think he's about as – I mean, I'd say he's about as good as you're going to do for a 31-year-old, if that makes sense. In terms of, you know, quickness-wise, he's not what he was five years ago. Um, but, I, I mean, he was an all-defensive player five years ago, so it's, you know, no great uh, decline to slip from that level. Um, I think really as much as anything, he's going to be in the right place all the time. Um, and that matters more as a help wing defender or as a help big, but it still matters as a point guard. He's going to be the first line of defense. He's not going to make mistakes going under or over screens when the game plan says to do the opposite. Um, he's solid, steady, at, at worst. Um, and I think he can be better than that, especially with Gobert behind him to sort of uh, let him be a little more aggressive if he wants to. Give us your thoughts on Boyan Bogdanovich and, and your just your projections of him as he now gets uh, arrives with his Jazz roster, his ability with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and Mike Conley. And Joe well, Ingles. I mean, yeah, and Joe Ingles. Well, that's going to be an interesting question, I think, because, uh, you know, in theory, I guess you'd start Bogdanovich and Ingles together. Uh, maybe you guys have heard different, but neither of them is really a power forward, certainly not in the sense that Derek Favors was. Um, so I think the defensive matchups might be a little bit tricky, um, but they could really bring Ingles off the bench and have him run second units if they wanted to. Um, I think Ingles is clearly good enough to be a starter. But, but as for Bogdanovich, um, really kind of an interesting career year in his age 29 season, so you've got to be a little skeptical of that. Um, I don't know that he's going to go for you know 18 points on really great 42.5% three-point shooting last year. But as like your third or fourth option offensively, um, man, it's hard to it's hard to do a lot better than him just because he's going to make every open three he takes. He's just, I mean, lights out, knockdown guy on the catch. And as as a secondary playmaker, maybe he gets closed out on or run off the line. Um, he sees the floor pretty well, especially driving to his right. Um, you guys will notice when he's going to drive right a lot. Um, and, and he can finish okay. So as as a third or fourth option, he's really uh, almost overqualified. Grant Hughes of Bleacher Report, Report joins the uh, big show. Grant, uh, as you mentioned earlier, the Jazz under Quinn Snyder, they create open shots. That's what they do. They do that about as yeah. well as any team in the league. And if you've got a, a guy like Bogdanovich who's going to make those shots, and Ingles is is no uh, slouch, he he kind of slumped against the Rockets during the playoffs. But it makes me wonder how defenses are going to go up against what the Jazz offer offensively. No longer can they, a switching defense just do its work and then dare the Jazz to go one on one because between Conley, Mitchell. And uh, and uh, Bogdanovich, uh, you, you would expect those guys to be able to hold their own against the switches. Yeah, I think, too, uh, certainly I think teams will have to go smaller just because, you know, guarding Derek Favors is a very different, even Jay Crowder, really, is a different thing than guarding Bogdanovich or Ingles. Um, I'd be curious to see, you know, think of it this way. The Jazz are going to have 
four ace shooters. I mean, Mitchell's not an ace percentage shooter, but he scares defenses out there and could get better. Um, surrounding Gobert, you know, the Jazz aren't a big – haven't historically been a big pick-and-roll team where you got guys standing around and, and you set a screen and let Conley kind of probe and Gobert rolls and, and that kind of thing. They like to keep bodies moving. But if you can space the floor like they're going to be able to, you're really going to put defenses in tough positions because you can't you can't help off of any of those shooters. You just can't. So Gobert may get some real clean looks rolling to the rim that maybe weren't there before. Moving on to the uh, <clears throat> the Golden State Warriors, I, I I think one of the reasons Jazz fans are so excited is because we're seeing Golden State kind of disintegrate from what they were, and still more pieces to probably leave. I want you to paint a picture of what um, of what this team is going to look like with its newest acquisition and the pieces that have now left. Well, it's going to be really different. Um, I think certainly there's no replacing Kevin Durant. There's just not anyone like him, obviously. And Clay Thompson is going to miss a chunk of the year. So right away, you're going to be looking at Stephen Curry, I think, in a much bigger role. And I think if you're not convinced that D'Angelo Russell was strictly an asset play, meaning a guy that the Warriors got because they could and will intend to trade him at the earliest opportunity, um, you could at least say that Russell is going to take some of the playmaking pressure off of Curry. Um, But big picture, defensively, the Warriors are significantly worse. Um, I mean, Iguodala is a huge loss. Thompson being out just cripples their backcourt defense. Um, Durant was a fine defender when he was engaged. So it's going to be a lot different than it has been in the past few years where the Warriors could really clamp down defensively when they needed to and just outscore you with, you know, a, a 50 point third quarter or whatever, you know, things they, they, those, those days are done. Um, they'll be obviously worse, but I think really the, the spot to watch is defensively. I just, they're not going to have the firepower there. Grant, we were talking about this question earlier. Is it a good thing or a bad thing for the NBA if Kawhi Leonard ends up with the Lakers? Uh, you know, I think there are certainly people that will say, oh, this, this super team stuff, it's, it, it takes the intrigue out of it. it. You know, the Lakers will be too good. Uh, you know, but look, the Warriors, they didn't win the title last year. Things can happen. Um, and they were enormous favorites. And who knows what's going to happen with injuries, with whatever. So I like it. I, I wouldn't have a problem at all seeing Leonard in L.A., if only because we've never really seen three players that you say are top five, top six in the league play together. Um, I think I'm just so curious as to how they fill out that roster. I think just from a, a curiosity perspective, I, I'd like to see it. And, and it doesn't really bother me. Super teams, quote-unquote, have really always existed. This would just be really a whole new level with those three guys together. You know, I'm taking a look at Brooklyn and I'm taking the the chance on Kevin Durant coming back from the Achilles. Bad idea, good idea. Did you feel like New York had a little bit, the Knicks had a little bit of egg on their face with the statement, I think it was made by ESPN, I can't remember, talking about they were afraid of the Achilles. How do you think that's all going to work out? Well, first of all, I don't believe that that's true. I think that's the Knicks doing some spin um, because Durant didn't want to sign with them for because they've been a dysfunctional organization for 20 years. So um, I would throw that out. But um, the Achilles injury is really as bad as it gets in terms of, you know, how it affects players' careers negatively. Nobody really – Dominique Wilkins is always the best example. Um, 
of a guy that came back and was really productive after it. Um, but everybody else, you know, what, look at DeMarcus Cousins last year. He could, you know, he's a different kind of player because he's got so much weight that he's carrying, but he could hardly move. Um, and, you know, Rudy Gay is another example. He's a role guy now. He was more of a star before. Uh, I just, you're always going to have decline after the Achilles, even for someone as great as Kevin Durant. So if you wanted to be careful, I would understand it. Um, but at the same time, if you can sign Kevin Durant, I think you probably do it. And you just figure out, you know, how much decline you're talking when he's back in a year. I, I just think you take the talent. How effective can teams be in filling out their rosters? I was thinking about this when we talk about the Lakers, but it's also true for the Jazz a little bit with uh, the money that they've spent now that they're on the books for. How effective is it to fill out the roster with minimum salary guys? You know, it kind of depends. Uh, you know, usually, like, take the Warriors since we were talking about them, but in the past they had sort of been able to count on getting some veterans at the minimum that wanted to chase a ring. And so if you're that type of team, which maybe really the Jazz are now um, or close to it, your, your options kind of open up a little bit. Um, but, you know, guys are, guys are available at the minimum usually for a reason, and that's because, you know, in theory you don't really want them filling rotation roles. Um, you want your, you know, your third string point guard, your, your fifth big guy, you know, the last guy on your bench, that type of thing. Um, but it, so it's really difficult and it can be made easier if you're a good team. Um, so that's kind of, it's kind of a sliding scale, I guess, in that sense. Are there some guys who are available just because teams are spending all their money on the big name free or bigger name free agents? So some guys sort of get shut out. I think, well, certainly there's like an order to how these things go. And uh, DeMarcus Cousins is a good example. You know, there have been reports that there's just no market for him, um, which could be true. But but I think, too, that, you know, there are a couple, there are a few teams with cap space and they're waiting for Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, both of the L.A. teams, basically. And I think sometimes when the market has to wait for a big domino to fall, that kind of leaves guys out because, you know, no one's going to sign DeMarcus Cousins if it means compromising their cap space, then you can't sign Kawhi Leonard then. I mean, that's just a non-starter. Um, I'm not sure we're at the point in free agency where it's going to be all minimum guys. You know, there are some quality players out there still. Danny Green's available. Um, Marcus Morris is available. DeLon Wright is a restricted free agent in Memphis. There's, there's you know, more money to be spent if, if you want to. Um, but in a day or two, I think that's when maybe there's going to be some real potential minimum salary bargains, but but not quite yet. Do you think quite Leonard knows where he's going to go? And do you think the team knows that he's coming? <laughs> if I knew anything about what Kawhi Leonard was planning to do, I think I would probably be selling that information to the highest bidder. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think anybody knows. Um, there've been spec, there's been speculation that we haven't heard anything because this is a test from Leonard's camp of who's going to leak information and who's not. And if you leak information, you're not getting Kawhi Leonard. Um, so I think we're not going to know until we know. Um, and I have no idea. I, I imagine a couple of teams have an idea. They have a shot. But other than that, um, it's kind of weirdly refreshing radio silence because at least it tells you it's possible to do this free agency stuff without leaks every 30 seconds. The very honest Grant Hughes of Bleacher Report joins us. Uh, Grant, what do you uh, make of what Ennis Cantor was saying, how the Blazers gave him six minutes or whatever to make up his mind as to whether he was going to re-sign with them, and so he jumps to the Celtics. I guess Damian Lillard came out later and said, wait a minute, you had 45. 
You have 45 minutes to decide. But do you believe what Ennis is saying? I don't know. It feels like an exaggeration to me um, from a guy that, you know, does a fair amount of talking, generally speaking. Um, I guess it's possible because, you know, the way these transactions happen, stacked up one after the other and the complexity and the the short windows to get things done with, you know, competing bids and all this other stuff. I guess it's possible that you'd be in a position where you had to make a call like that. But it's hard to buy that. Uh, it was kind of the type of thing that, you know, this offer explodes in six minutes. That that seems a little bit sensational to me. So we sort of talked a little bit about the West and how it's all going to come together, at least on paper. What about back East? What do you think is going to happen there? Uh, If if Kawhi doesn't go back to Toronto, what's that looking like at the top of the conference? I mean, there's a couple places you got to start, and, 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 you know, one is the Bucks because they won 60 games last year and I think probably ought to be the favorites still, um, assuming Leonard uh, isn't back in Toronto. Um, I think the Sixers got a lot better defensively. I mean, that, I think that Sixers defense could be the best in the league now with Al Horford and Josh Richardson um, added to that starting five. Boston, I think, is going to be pretty good. They're going to struggle defensively in contrast. But, you know, you get Kemba Walker in there, and you could talk me into him being, you know, really, all things considered, chemistry-wise, a better fit and a better producer than Kyrie Irving was. The Nets kind of on hold until Durant's back. But there's at least three or four teams up there towards the top of the East that are going to be real, really formidable. Um, the, The bottom half of the East is, again, not that impressive. Um, but or at least of the top eight teams. But I think you've got you're going to have three, four, maybe five teams in those first five seeds in the East. They're going to be right there. I think with anything the West can put together, barring a, a Lakers super team. So I think Kawhi is the last piece to to watch fall. And, and what I'm going to do for this question, I'm going to set Kawhi in Toronto. So he stays in Toronto. I'm like going to ask you if you could take over any roster as a head coach in the NBA. Which roster would you want to organize, coach, and play with? I mean, if I if I just have to, well, if I got to deal with the fallout in Toronto after you know Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka are all free agents after next year, and who knows with Leonard, I'd think about it. But if if I could pick anywhere, and you're telling me Kawhi's in Toronto, I'm taking Toronto. Um, that's a team that I mean, the work's done for you. They know how they want to play. They got everybody that matters back, pretty much. And Danny Green's going to be up in the air, I guess. But, I mean, that's a that's a plug-and-play situation. I, I think, you know, you know Leonard is at least one of the three best players in the league. You know you're deep. You know you've got shooting. You just won a title, so you know what that entails. You know the work it takes. As a coach, I'm, I'm going to sit back and take that one. I think that's the easy route. They did sort of get the advantage of having a Warriors team that was uh, beat all the – Hell, really. Uh, so they did. Uh, they did have that uh, edge for them, but like Hans was talking about earlier, Grant, the the Warriors as we know them no longer exist. True. Yeah. They. I think certainly what you can say about them based on this off season is that they're not going to just go away. I mean, the the Russell sign and trade was really bold and really risky, and sort of the only move that the Warriors had to get major talent, even if it doesn't fit, and they probably plan to trade it. Um, but yeah, there it's a new it's a new era really. Um, for five years, the Warriors were you know the favorites every summer going into the season, um, and deserve to be. And now you could talk me into ten, twelve teams uh, that wouldn't shock me if they won a title uh, in next June. 
Grant, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks a lot. Grant Hughes, Bleacher Report. So he said he said Toronto, and I would say just based off of the, those guys, and I don't know how quiet is to work with. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is the best place, but I think there may be one or two rosters that I would be willing to work with just based off of NBA egos. If Kawhi went to L.A., I know the easy answer would be, oh, I'll go work with LeBron, Anthony, and Kawhi. I don't know if I want to coach that team. I don't know if I'd be a coach on that team. I think you'd just be a, a babysitter and do your best to try to manage. Well, then which team would you like to coach? Well, I think it would be the Utah Jazz. So I was talking to Scotty. Um, I still have a couple of connections in Indy. And one of my old coaches and then one of my recruiters, they got one of the guys, the scouts that brought me in, they're still there. And I talked with that scout yesterday. And he said that Boyan Bogdanovich owned the city when Oladipo went down. Hmm. Said he owned the media, owned the city, owned the offensive production. He's like, he became the cornerstone. Like everybody, yeah, was like 21 points a game. He said everybody leaned on him, and everybody fell in love with him. Mm. And I don't know if you heard the Pacers beat writer we had on yesterday. That Pacers beat writer said, he's going to kind of act like he doesn't have time for you, like he's too busy. Uh-huh. He said, but that isn't his true intention. He's actually an open-hearted guy that has a lot on his plate but really does care. And, and had a lot of good things to say about his personality. You talked about doing things the right way. You said the Lakers, if they do buy Kawhi, and Kawhi comes in and this whole garbage super team, blah, 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 mm-hmm. not doing it the right way. They've, they've wet the bed for how many years, and then they just bought this roster, yeah. not doing it the right way. I look at the Jazz roster, and if Boyan is what I, I believe him to be, mm-hmm. and Mike Conley is what I know Mike Conley is, and I know what I'm getting in Donovan and Rudy, and I know, definitely know what I'm getting in Joe Ingles, I'm coaching this Jazz roster. Could you coach a better group of men, guys that will respond to your instruction and not blow you off as, get out of the way? Yeah. I, and I think they're going to benefit in a major way from having Quinn Snyder orchestrate this whole thing. I, because I do who's too. better at that than Quinn? No. He's going to bring these guys together. Well, you wait and see. I'm and he's make, got the respect I'm, of them. I'm going to make this prediction. Boyan Bogdanovich is going to have a better season this next year than he had last season. So what did he, he he averaged in the twenties? I think it was eighteen. Was it eighteen? It was twenty after after Oladipo uh, went down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that Quinn is going to find a way to get him open looks, and when you get that guy open looks, Hans, I saw you tweet this out: fifty-two percent. Yeah, from the corner, it's hard to 52% beat. Fifty-two percent for that guy. He's going to see a lot of open shots, and he's going to take advantage of it. And I think the same thing is going to be true for Mike Conley. Even at 31 years old, by the time the season starts, he'll be 32. Yeah. I Look what uh, what Rubio was able to do when he finally got under Quinn Snyder initially. He's not much of a shooter, but Quinn got as much out of him as he could. Yep. Mike Conley is going to give you more. I, I just think uh, these circumstances are important. And Quinn Snyder, he knows what he has. And these guys are tough-minded. Uh, Bogdanovich is a tough-minded guy. Everybody I've talked to said he's mentally tough. Mike Conley, no doubt about that. Ed Davis, raw bone sucker, man. He's going to come in here and give you everything he has. You add that to Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, and Rudy Gobert. It's a good roster to coach. Royce O'Neal. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's – 
Uh, it'll be interesting. We'll, maybe at some point we should talk about Dante Exum and what uh, the expectations should be for that guy coming back. A lot of things have to fall right for him. But uh, I don't know. Lots to look forward to if you're a Utah Jazz fan. We're live at the warehouse, and we got Tom hanging out with us. And, Tom, we've been talking about some of these amazing mattress deals. And uh, I can I can tell you I've, I've laid on a couple of these mattresses. They just kind of settle in, and you feel like you're laying in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> if you could lay in a bed of mashed potatoes or – a you, bed you gotta, of ready whip way to say that. marshmallow. Would you rather lay on a cloud or a concrete slab? See, if I were lying in a bed of mashed potatoes, I'd probably eat the bed. Uh, you be like bad. good mashed potatoes? Oh, oh hey, yeah. yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I do. You like a little cheese in it? A oh. little bacon bits? Oh. crumbles, How about garlic? A little garlic butter? and Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine laying? If, I'd if lay in that face there. If you put a bunch of garlic down. on there, then you better have your wife eat too. <laughs> So Garlic tell, mashed potatoes. Tom, will you start? Heaven. Will you start by telling people how the warehouse? Drops, now that you say that, drops prices. That's heaven. So, so maybe it would be a good bed to lay on. It would be a really good bed. We've got lots of deals as always. Fourth um, of July is a, a great time to come in. We're going to close early on the fourth, so we're going to extend this deal through Saturday. Uh, we're open every day. 10 to 7, except Sundays. We're always closed on Sundays. We've got the best delivery price. We've got, uh, how about financing? We haven't talked about that today. But if you have absolutely destroyed your credit, let's say you had a medical situation, you have medical bills, you weren't able to pay them because you couldn't work because you were sick, whatever the reason might be, if you have no credit, come and see us. No problem. We've got a program called SNAP. It's lease to own. All you have to do is have a job and a checking account. They'll give you 100 days, same as cash. Great. Uh, If you have good credit, I'll give you a year. And I have a customer that came in and bought this bed yesterday. I told you about it. He brought me the ad from the guy. It's not an ad. I took a picture of the sheet that they wrote up for him that's their deal. Yeah. I gave it to him for $15.99. They were like forty three ninety nine. With 35% off. They were going to give him five years, no interest. And I said, well, you can take their five years, no interest, and pay 4300 bucks, yeah. or I'll give you one year, no interest. You pay 1599 And you're done with it. You're done with it. Yeah. I'm not great at math. But, that's pretty uh, easy. That's, that's, a pretty good, good, that's a pretty good deal. That's 250% interest? Yeah. No, thanks. Um, we've got... Nightstands for forty nine bucks that are down the street for one twenty nine. The exact brand. It was a truckload going to them that got delayed because the container got lost in Oakland shipping port. We took it three months late. They had refused it. I bought it from the insurance company, and forty nine bucks are one twenty nine. That's how they do it here at the warehouse. They're able to get great product for a great price, and then they send those deals over to you. The other thing is they don't mark it up. They don't. It's not this. You know, it's not this, well, come into this showroom. It's got this gigantic waterfall, and and we've got ducks that fly around in here, and you'll like it because our couch looks pretty next. It's like, no, cut all that crap. Just give me a good price on a we piece of furniture. We are the warehouse, and if you come in, you think the showroom, this is it, but we've got 40,000 feet down that hall. We've got the lowest prices on name brand furniture, and I mentioned this Friday, but we got a deal from Ashley Furniture. For our grand opening, they're going to sponsor our radio show with you guys for two weeks in a row. The week before 
Labor Day and the week after Labor Day. And all we're going to do is talk about Ashley Furniture, and they're going to pay for it because we're one of the oldest Ashley dealers. And if you're looking at anything Ashley, bring me their price. I'm typically 10 to 30% cheaper. All you got to do is bring me their model number. Same, same stuff, same warranty. Just cheaper price. That's at the warehouse. That's Tom, 300 West, 1962 South. 1967 South. Really easy to find us. Come get down here. Take advantage of these great deals. All right. Don't don't go anywhere. I have a political question for Hans that he's going to tackle. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see how this goes. I'm not exactly sure. but you want to talk politics with me? Stay right where you are. Welcome back. It is the big show. Hans Olsen sitting in for the vacationing Jake Scott. I'm Gordon Monson, and Austin is back in the studio. We are here at the warehouse. And Hans, two things I want to run past you right here. The first one is, are the Warriors really retiring Kevin Durant's number? What do you make of that? And do you think that is a good move, a bad move, or a ridiculous move? I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a ridiculous move. He came into a team that was going to win those championships probably anyways. And I know some people say, well, they didn't do it when he was out this last time. Well, I still think that they, if they would have been full roster with Clay Thompson completely healthy throughout, they probably end up winning that, that final game that they ended up losing when Clay went out. But He's there for such a short time. In such a short time. It's, it's almost bizarre to me. Okay, okay, let me let's we it's always fun to bring things back home. Okay. Let's say Kevin Durant made a stop here with the Utah Jazz for it was it was it four years? Three years? Four years. Uh you mean the Golden State? Yeah. It was three, wasn't it? Austin? Was it three years? Uh, it, it, three years and two championships? Or four years and two championships? Let's just for the sake of conversation say Kevin Durant stops with the Utah Jazz for four years, and they win two championships. And then he's quickly on and out the door and on to the next team. And he came, and he came so three championships in five years? He won with them? He was there for five years? Really? No, I thought you meant the run there of the Warriors. Oh. No. How, uh, no, how, how long, long was uh, Kevin Durant a Warrior? Uh, three seasons, right? That's, that's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Three season and two, two championships. championships. Okay, so let, let's just, for the sake of being accurate. Okay. He comes, stops with the Utah Jazz for three years, wins two championships, and then moves on to, I, I guess we could just say the Brooklyn Nets, just to make it as realistic as we can here. If they hoisted that jersey to the Raps, I wouldn't be okay with that. Well, there, but there is a difference. The Warriors were going to win championships one way or the other. They did. The Jazz have never won a championship. And so if a guy comes in and wins two? In three years? 
Oh, no, man. That man. Might, it that, would feel that, cheap. That might change it a little bit. It would feel really cheap to me. But they've never done it with anyone else, including the statues. Well, what's the shortest term jersey that's currently in the rafters? Probably Jeff Hornacek, isn't it? Which is eight years? Seven, something like that. It's, it's right in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of finals runs. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. It would feel really cheap to me. Huh. It'd feel like, well, we, we bought this guy. We bought this championship. Now we're going to put this paid-for jersey up in the rafters. Three years. He stopped for three years. Yeah. And they had already won championships. See, that's a thing. That's just sort of strange to me. But, I've had um... bubble guts that last for three years. <laughs> like, it, like I, I've had... I've had injury, like weird muscle injuries that go for three years. Like, what is a bubble gut? I don't know. It can come from nervousness. I, I typically uh, get it before I speak to youth groups. Just uh, it, nervousness? It's, yeah. It's funny because, you know, we speak every day to people mm-hmm. on air. But when I get in front of, like, large youth groups, I get the bubble guts now. I used to get them when I'd wrestle more than when I'd play football. What are the symptoms? Uh, it, that, it is what it sounds. So your guts bubble. It's it's air pockets that kind of turn over in the intestines, and they leave you feeling very uneasy, mm. typically causing nausea. Really? Yeah, that mm. can be followed by vomit. <laughs> Thanks for the detail. Join hands for Doc Talk. <laughs> I just it, this stuff's rubbing off on you. It would bug. Would it not bug you? How are you arguing on the other side I'm not, of this? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just. I, I I could see the Gordon Monson article after the third year, Kevin Durant leaving, and it would be scathing, and it'd be like, we don't recognize this guy. We don't celebrate this guy. Well, if he won two championships for the Jazz and they've never done it before, I think that might alter things a little bit. But like I said, the Warriors. How would Jazz that. fans respond if you put an image of Kevin Durant? I don't know what his image would be there by the statues, but it would be John Stockton pushing the assist, Carl Malone delivering the mail, and Kevin Durant holding a trophy. <laughs> oh, that's dirty. <laughs> Just standing with the trophy in his arms. <laughs> That's actually really funny. How would how would jazz fans respond to that? Maybe you could uh, maybe you could just have like the image in like uh, one of those. What do they call those balloons? Those like mylar balloons? Oh, they call them balloons. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you could just have you could have Stockton Malone holding a, a, a mylar balloon in the image of Kevin Durant. Oh man. And it would be blowing in the wind. That's a good idea. Look at you with all the ideas. It beats me. I don't. I don't know. The Jazz would just never won a title. So Jazz for fans him wouldn't to come in and win two. Jazz fans wouldn't be okay with him. Oh, three years. It's a three year stop. Three three year stop. But two titles, man. For for a very for a title hungry fan base. Okay, I got to do this on Twitter at nine seven five Hans. What's your Twitter handle? You don't even use Twitter. You know how many yeah, times I've tweeted at you. Oh, I, I generally I just post my columns there, but uh, at Gordon Monson. At Gordon Monson, and that's Gordon with a G. As opposed to what? A J. Yeah, at Gordon, Gordon Monson yeah. or at 975 Hans. If Kevin Durant made a stop here in Salt Lake City, 
for three years and won two championships, and they put a statue of him next to Carl Malone. Well, statue might be taking it a little far, but I, retiring the number might not might be acceptable. I'm I'm just I'm trying to draw up an image for these people. Okay, all right. And he's and he's holding the the trophies. Maybe he's got both the trophies in his arms. One in each arm. <laughs> and I'll stock them alone or empty-handed. Would Would you want that? Because, Two titles, because man. That's what, what Golden State's doing. Yeah, but even you've you've really lessened this too. Talking about Golden State winning them, anyways. Austin yeah, just but mentioned that's why three it's and five. It's different than the Warriors. The Jazz situation is different because they never won a title. The Warriors had. So you're saying it's not okay for the Jazz for the for the Warriors, Warriors but it's okay. But it would for the be Jazz. okay for the Jazz. I disagree. Do you? Yeah. I'll throw that on out there. All right. What do you think? At 975 Hans. Let's how, get some How are you asking it? Would you have a problem? Would you, you have a problem with Kevin Durant's jersey being in Vivint Smart Home Arena with John Stockton, Carl Malone, Mark Eaton, Adrian Dantley, Hornacek, Jeff Hornacek, Frank Layden, and Maravich. Frank Layden, and Maravich. Pistol Pete? Yeah. Would you have a problem with that? Two titles he's won. Three years. He's, two titles he's winning. Let's for. not focus on the t- three well, years. Well, that makes the difference right there, in my opinion. But nobody wants. All right. That. Let's uh, let's hear what you got to say. And then there's this. I teased earlier. I was going to ask you a political question, Hans. <laughs> and <laughs> Man, I know I, I, am, I am not winning this. You one. you talked to Scotty about this, and you act, couldn't have acted less interested. But Nike is pulling a oh, shoe geez. that featured a Betsy Ross colonial U.S. flag on the heel. Because uh, some, Kaepernick, thought it represented a time when slavery was allowed in the U.S. And uh, there's been strong reaction to this. Arizona's governor is scolding Nike for insulting the history of the country, being afraid to go forward mm-hmm. with it. What do you make? Have you seen, have you seen an image of the shoe? I have, yeah, yeah. The flag with the with yeah, the stars in a circle. Yeah, it's the colonial star. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Betsy Ross's version. Um, y- yeah. So I really have zero issue with the shoe, uh, and I've got zero issue with Colin Kaepernick. It's really strange that every time Nike's looking to sell something, they have to force rhetoric in order to push conversation. So, do you think that they did? Ever you see the price of these shoes that were actually released? They're oh. selling a pair for twenty eight hundred bucks now because it's uh, because it was a so limited it's a limited thing. yeah. So, so you think it's a marketing? I strategy. think it's a marketing tool. I think that's everything that they've done, and it's and it's sad because they're using a very divisive conversation to continue to push marketing. That's, and I'm falling. For that's it my opinion because I, I brought it up exactly. So <laughs> I, I honestly I would not bring it up. I just I don't want to give it any more attention because. I wouldn't tweet about it. I wouldn't write about it. I wouldn't Facebook about it because I really do believe the people behind that engine are trying to use div- divisiveness to get marketing. Because they know right now, if you want to push rhetoric, if you want to push a conversation, there's two ways to do it. You could do it through religion or you could do it through race right now. And you could really spark controversy and debate. And Nike is right there front and center. Nike knows people are going to buy their stuff regardless. They just want to get their name out there. Did, did, did Nike know that Kaepernick was going to respond that way? Or do you think it was a plant? Do you think the whole thing was a plant? I'm wondering if there wasn't a conversation behind the scenes of, well, what does this flag represent? Well, well, what would it do if we you know, had Colin Kaepernick mentioned to bring it down? I don't know how it went. 
all I know is they're getting the exact result that they want. All right, coming up next is the highlight of the entire day for uh, 97.5, 12.80 of the zone. It is the Not Sports Report, uh, Hans. And I've got a special thing just for you today. I'm excited about this. I got got two items that we need to get to, and one of them is just tailor-made for you. So, Uh, Really quick, just a a follow-up on the question we threw out on Twitter. You want to hear some of these? Did the Lakers do anything for Pau Gasol? Well, the Lakers use championship trophies as doorstops. The Jazz have never won one. I get it, but Pau Gasol stopped in for a time, won a couple. Did they do anything for him? But they're a dime a dozen in L.A. The Jazz have never done that. They've never accomplished it. That's what makes it different. Uh, Jesus says, if he brings the title to Utah, give him a statue, the jersey, and change Redwood Road to Durant Road. (laughs) Caleb says, if he gets us even one title, put his jersey in the rafters and name the city after him. (laughs) Durant City? Yeah. Beard Grills says, I'd be okay with them retiring his jersey for a championship. Hell yeah. Jeremy said, he'd also likely have two MVPs, so probably fitting. Ute Daddy says, name the building after him. Michael says, how does a snake hold a trophy? That's my question. Ooh. And, uh, and and there's probably another 35 responses here. So we could get to some of those a little bit later. All right. I, I am not winning this debate. Well, I don't know. You have a point. I thought you uh, made it very well. All right. Not Sports Report coming up next on The Big Show. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Make up your mind. Decide to walk with me around the lake tonight. Around the lake tonight. Welcome back in. It is the big show. Hans Olsen sitting in for Jake and Hans. We're having a lot of fun meeting our various uh, listeners coming into the warehouse. We've got all this jazz gear to give away. T-shirts, hats. Zach is here, you know, kissing babies, shaking hands and whatnot. Yeah. Come on by and see us. Yeah, we love it. This this stuff is quality stuff, man. It is. We still have a bunch of hats left on our table. we still got a bunch of shirts, three different kinds of shirts, all different sizes of shirts. You just got to come by. And take it off the table. Yeah. And also take a look at the amazing deals that we have here at the warehouse. By the way, Not Sports Report brought to you by LHM Used Car Supermarket. LHM Used Cars, over a 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. These are my guys, my buddies. All right. Perfect. Okay, two things today for the Not Sports Report. Two items on the docket. The first one is for you, Hans. I'm so excited about this. There is going to be... A Neil Diamond Broadway musical telling the tale of Neil Diamond's life. (laughs) Now, you're going to have to fly to New York to see this, my friend. I will. It's a biographical show. It's actually written by the same man that wrote the Bohemian Rhapsody scribe. Uh Uh-huh. Which, did you go see Bohemian Rhapsody? Absolutely incredible. Um, Felt fairly authentic they they definitely left out some of the i think some of the drama and pain of of life but i thought it was great this is going to be the longest running it'll it'll beat cats 
Because I think Cats is the longest-running Broadway show in history. Is it really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And you think Neil Diamond show? Scotty said Cats is garbage. And did you go show. see Cats? No, I didn't see that. That surprises me because you no. seem like a cat guy. No, I am I, not. I am not. I've seen Les Miserables. I've seen Phantom of the Opera. And I've seen Mary Poppins. Broadway shows. I've not even seen Wicked. How did you not see cats? I just didn't. Have you ever owned a cat? Uh, I bought a kitty for a couple of my daughters when they were very young. Yeah. And my mom accidentally ran over it with a tractor. (laughs) Not even a car, but a tractor? That's catastrophic. All right. Uh, so, are you excited? I, I got. I got to tell you this. My mom, bless her heart, she's ninety-three years old. But when she ran over that little kitty, like half hour after I bought it for my kids, <laughs> what was I supposed to say to a nine-year-old about her kitty getting squashed? I don't know, man. But you know what you yell to a cat that's in the way of a tractor tire? What? Watch me out! <laughs> I decapitated a pigeon. <laughs> What's that story about? Oh, I, I don't know if that died. <laughs> this was just one up. How many animals have you killed? There, there, was, there, there was a pigeon in the middle of the road, and so I swerved to... Uh, make sure the tires were on each side of the pigeon uh, <laughs> instead of hitting the pigeon with the tire. So you straddled it. So And I decapitated it. So I hit it on the and then with my car. It ruined my night. Yeah, I did squish a kitty once. <laughs> I, not on purpose. That did. I couldn't sleep. Are you an animal? You're an animal abuser. Are you an animal no, no, abuser? No, no, no. I love animals. Well, it seems like you're taking off heads of pigeons and smushing cats. Not and... not on purpose. I was trying to, to to avoid any kind of problem. Have you ever owned a dog? I have. Why don't you own a dog now? My wife doesn't want one. Really? Yeah. I had Caillou, my all uh, my black German Shepherd. Oh yeah. That dog was he was he was the dog. Yeah. Dogs he, bring so much joy. Oh, uh, uh, my kids loved it. Even though they didn't really take care of it, we ended up taking care of it, more feeding it and yeah. and taking care of it. But, uh, hey, but I love that dog. So we're Scotty and I are putting together the Hanson Scotty Adoption Day. Oh, you think that'd work? Uh, we we want to go down to the one of the local clinics and and have a, a animal adoption day where we highlight Scotty four or five. Yeah, Scott, I, I I've got Scotty on board with this, Austin. Scotty doesn't actually, he think dogs will eat you alive or something like that? He does. He Scotty believes that if you pass away in your house and your dog is locked in your house, that your dog will eat your dead body. What? That's it. And because I asked him, why don't you get a dog? And he said, well, I don't want him to eat me if I pass away. And we're trapped together for any extended period of time. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because somebody else is going to find his body before his dog does. Well, you would hope. And his dog loves him, right? Yeah, but he says that eventually the dog will get hungry. Eventually, and, but, and what, but does he, what, is he going to go to some like deserted island somewhere and hang out with his dog? 
Somebody else is going to find him before his dog eats him. <laughs> you would hope so, but I, it's his explanation of why he doesn't want a dog. I love dogs. Yeah, me too. Oh, my wife's not a dog person. I, I will be seeing this biographical show of Neil Diamond, Hell or High Water, multiple times. Mm. Multiple times. You think it'll move around the country so you, you, can, you don't have to go I, over it, New York? Is it a little strange that, it, that this is not happening posthumously? I always thought that these things were like, well, he died and he was a great man. He's alive and well. Yeah. Is he well? Yeah, yeah, he's well. Now, he went off tour because his voice got a little too much gravel in it. So now you, you, you know I saw him five times. You've got to tell the Neil Diamond story now. I know you've told it. You've told it probably more than I've to, than, than I've told the the uh, the, uh, the chicken story. Uh, before we get to that, let's uh, we got breaking news. Let's uh, what do we got? Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, my second favorite Adrian in the world, is reporting that Jeff Green has agreed to a one-year, two and a half million dollar deal with the Utah Jazz. Jeff Green. Wow. We were just talking about this, Hans, that the Jazz going to have to fill out that that uh, that uh, roster with uh, veteran. And, and for what was the price, huh? Two and a half mil, one year. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's uh, good news for Utah Jazz fans. I'll tell you, Justin Zanuck's doing some work. Well, you know, for those of you that have watched Jeff Green, I think a lot of people are familiar with this guy. He was selected by the Boston Celtics back in 2007. Um, he's really been around. Um, he's been with the Memphis Grizzlies, the Clippers, most recently with the Washington Wizards. Uh, he won the NBA All-Rookie First Team back in 2008. He was second team All-American. Um, this guy, he's put together a really nice career. I'm just looking at some of his numbers, and I know people are probably wondering, you know, what type of position he runs. He's listed as a small forward. Power forward. He can play power forward. He's 6'9", 235. He can give you both. Yeah, he's 32 years old, almost 33. And uh, this last year, he, uh, let's see, he, uh, he averaged. Did he go to the finals with the Cavs? Was, he was on that final team with the Cavs, wasn't he? If I remember, he was with the Wizards last year, and he averaged twelve point three points still. So he's still contributing. Uh, that's a good signing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a really good signing. Thirty-five uh, percent shooter from three last year. Wow. His career is thirty-three uh, percent. So not a great three-point shooter, but he can put the ball in the basket. Man, so. Gordon, the Jazz are. Doing work. Yeah, they're serious. They're doing work. Well, here's the thing. We talked about this. We talked about the importance of timing. We said if there if there's a window, and we didn't think there was going to be a window because we didn't see this massive bomb going off in the Golden State Warriors locker room where they're moving everybody out. And I think Dennis Lindsay looks at this and says, well, well, let's look at our watch. Well, we got two years with uh, – with with Donovan Mitchell on the cheap, we got two years or three years with Donovan Mitchell, two years with Rudy Gobert. We better get going where we can afford everybody and we can try to make it run. They're making a full blown run. You watch this Jeff, Jeff Green, even though it's just a two million dollar deal and he's a role player. That's a bench guy that boosts everything. This yeah. is another encouraging piece for NBA analysts to say. 
Good luck knocking this team out of the postseason. Career 13.2 points a game score, uh, four and a half rebounds, and uh, uh, one and a half assists. So, yeah, this is the kind of player that the Jazz need to come off that bench. So uh, we'll talk more about that coming up next. I didn't even get the, a chance to get to the second half of my non-sports report, but uh, so uh, what? And I didn't get to tell the Neil Diamond story. We'll live to fight another day. We will. Him. We will. We'll, uh, we'll come back and round out this jazz news. Jeff Green will be a member of the Utah Jazz next season. We're live at the warehouse hanging out with Tom. Tom, the Jazz are putting together some amazing deals it is time for you to match their success. We're going to do a trade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to trade a Sealy mattress for a memory foam mattress. Okay. So if you want memory foam instead of a Sealy Posturepedic Premium with the adjustable bed, I'll give you your choice. Gel-infused memory foam. Everything, yeah. including the adjustable Fully bed. Fully loaded. Four ninety nine. That's now, that's not 70% shooting. You, that's 100%. You just got caught up in the excitement of what the Jazz did. Oh, you I want to pull back it. on that a little bit? Jeff Green's a little bit nasty, and we need a little bit nasty. Yeah. He's a little bit nasty. I remember he averaged like 17 points with Boston three or four, maybe five he, he years was, ago. He was excellent for them. He's nasty. So let's let's get nasty, and let's make a deal that we've never done. I brought up here... And I've got it, and it is a bedroom comforter set with Ohio State logo. Oh, nice! That's a really nice one. There, uh, I just looked it up on the internet. A hundred and fifty-nine bucks. I've got it marked seventy-nine bucks. Yeah, it's, it's a queen. Comes with she. It, it's the whole deal. Talking a trade. Yeah. I'm going to cut that in half. First person who comes in here gets it for 39 bucks instead of 159 $39 for this amazing queen Ohio. Or is it a size queen? It's a queen, and it's a, it's a whole ensemble. It's pillowcases, sheets, comforter. It's everything you need to deck out. If you just moved here from Ohio or if you're still stuck on Urban Meyer, which I doubt anybody is. I hope not. Thirty nine ninety nine for a $159 set. That's indicative of the deals that Tom gives around here. That's a trade. I think yeah. he's lost his mind, I think. Yeah. I'm going to sign a free agent. I'm going to do 50% off all betting. What are you doing right now? I'm so excited. You've got an audience, and all of a sudden you feel empowered. I am so excited. In fact, (laughs) I'm going to do Ottomans. I've got about 12 miscellaneous Ottomans. They're 129. They're made by Simmons. I have them marked 39 bucks. They're half price today and tomorrow only. 19.99. I want to get rid of them because we're clearing house to make room for new trades you're almost getting angry about these no i'm so excited it's not anger that's that's enthusiasm man i think this jazz trade just pushed some of these deals into the stratosphere come down to the warehouse right off 300 west what's the the best exit to get off i-15 2100 south take the eastbound exit you come up it's like a half a block off the freeway you turn Left, which would be north. Yeah. We're right across the street from Home Depot. We're right behind the Chevron station. We're right next to Sam's Club. We're half a block from Costco. 
It's easy to find. You come in, tell him you want the Jeff Green deal, and he's going to be cutting 50% down. And take a look at some of these amazing pieces he has in here. If you don't get in here, you'll be green with envy. I'll tell you that right now. And by the way, come on by and look at the uh, warehouse that Tom has here. It is huge. It's as big as uh, Hans's house. No, Dan, let's not do that. All right, all right. Uh, we'll be right back with a big show. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see the one, Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.